0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: i pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. southern miss to the top top. you're tuned in to the eagle
0: hour happy thursday to you golden eagle fans listening across the state of mississippi on the super talk mississippi network it's the eagle hour thank you for joining us today luke johnson kelly santer dalton stanford from the first bank studios in hattiesburg and beautiful downtown laurel Bob out today, getting ready for the Super Talk uh, Political Forum tonight at the Lake Serene uh, Clubhouse. We'll be, bring you some details about that uh, a little later in in the program. You can check that out on WLAU or WFMM. also on Super Talk Hattiesburg's Facebook page, and and we'll bring some of that to you a little later. Bob, finalizing, gonna have some uh, some big. Big names, and it's always important for us to be involved in, in our, our government. And, uh, so we'll bring you some, some updates about that a little later on. Got a great show for you today, Patrick McGee will be uh, joining us a little later in the program. Talk uh, some Travis Creel, the new uh, assistant coach for Southern Miss. Talk about some preseason Conference USA uh, selections. At Golden Eagles with five, the most of any team in the league. And uh, we'll get to that just in a few minutes. Uh, first segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Uh, Dickey's will be catering that political forum in Hattiesburg tonight. But Dickey's, uh, let them do the cooking. Let them do the cooking for you at lunch. Let them do the cooking for you at uh, your next catering event uh, uh, the, the home team out there by Turtle Creek Mall and uh, Dickey's, as always, uh, served here, loved everywhere. Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud sponsor the first segment of the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander how's your Thursday
1: going, bud? Great, Luke. And, and, and joining us on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline today is Michael Vineyard, who is a Hattiesburg native uh, and actually did his undergraduate work at Southern Miss and now is in the state of Tennessee doing some postgraduate work. We won't tell you what school, but let's just say he's overwhelmed with dreamsicle orange. Uh, where he where he is now. And has developed a, a Twitter site, Luke, called the Southern 12. Of course, Golden Eagle fans love to talk about Conference USA and realignment with the AAC, you know, still in the headlines, now saying they're not going to expand for the time being. So Michael Vineyard, just for kicks and giggles, as they say, put together something called the Southern 12, where he has uh, put together different formulas that would bring different schools from across the South together in a proposed hypothetical league. And we welcome Michael Vineyard. You're to the uh, Eagle Hour Michael good afternoon to you hey guys thanks for having me on man and, and you had no idea that this thing <laughs> this thing that you were <laughs> no. that you were doing for fun would yeah. would blow up like it has huh
2: no no I, I figured that it might churn uh, up some discussion amidst maybe just our fan base or something and and certainly it has but uh, but some other other schools have grasped onto it too and it 's certainly become a talking point of sorts, both the positive and the negative
1: responses. And actually, anyone is welcome to follow the Southern 12 on Twitter so that you can take uh, part in the in the conversation as well. So when you mm-hmm. developed this, Michael Vineyard, who again is a Southern Miss guy, raised in Hattiesburg, so when you put this idea together, how did you originally arrive at the original Southern 12?
3: Uh, well,
2: uh, I was really thinking about how Southern Miss has always sort of dealt with the the sophistication of of the geographic footprint being really widely spread out. Um, And and I think over time that that's had an effect as we've sort of had teams uh, go whenever it comes to conference realignment, uh, teams like Louisville and TCU who are rivals, and then teams like Houston and UCF and East Carolina, those those schools left for the AAC. And it seems like at this point, if we realigned with some more regional opponents that we'd have an opportunity uh to be a little bit more engaged as a fan base without really sacrificing any more the quality uh of our competition very much and so uh that's that's I sort of started to think that and it just uh, I thought that I'd put together some sort of visual representation of that so that we could start to think about what that could look like.
1: And again, this Twitter feed, the Southern 12, has absolutely blown up. He's getting You can't believe the number of people that are now following this this Twitter site just to get in on this, <laughs> this conversation. But, but Michael Vineyard, would it be an oversimplification as to say it's generally your, your proposed Southern 12 conference is generally the all-stars from Conference USA and the Sun Belt?
2: Yes, yeah, so that's the original one. That that's basically what I went with. I didn't want to make any assumptions, in for the most part, about the American Athletic Conference, uh, it, and and certainly I, I think afterwards I put together one that assumed that maybe a couple of them might join in, and their fan bases were a little bit uh, upset about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I think. You know, the basic concept at this point for where Southern Miss is at is that you kind of pull together the best and and closest uh, Conference USA and Sunbelt Belt uh, teams that you can
1: now originally in your original Southern Twelve and I and my I certainly got my two cents worth in you included Georgia State out of uh, you know downtown Atlanta but right. and you kept Western Kentucky but you excluded Louisiana Monroe which is much closer so kind yep. of you know and obviously there are some teeter teams there that you decided to go with why maybe Georgia State and Western Kentucky and not Louisiana Monroe well. I
2: I think that Western Kentucky has been one of the best competitors in Conference USA since they've been in Conference USA. I would really vouch for them. Uh, they they would kind of be on the northern end of that footprint, uh, but they're a really close uh, rivalry of sorts for Middle Tennessee, uh, and, they, and they just bring a lot of competition, especially uh, in basketball. They were good in football there for a while, beat us in the conference championship a few years back, uh, but they – they t- tend to be pretty solid on a yearly basis and they have a history in basketball. And I think that that's really attractive. Uh, I know that Georgia state also has, uh, you know, a, a, a good basketball program. That's well-respected. They're getting the football program going. It's not so great. Uh, but it might be good to tie, tie in the Atlanta, uh, the Atlanta, uh, market, uh, ULM, uh, I do know that they they're kind of on the low end when it comes to the finances. As a Southern Miss fan, to use finances as uh, you know as a something against a school is a little bit hypocritical.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep, I'll, just, I'll just a that. little bit. <laughs>
2: I'll admit that, but I think even amidst this group, including Southern Miss, that they would that it would be really sort of challenging for them from a financial standpoint as I think it is for, you know, a lot of these schools. Um, but just from a competitive standpoint, uh, I didn't feel like, you know, considering their football, basketball, and baseball, uh, and baseball's getting better with Federico there. But uh, but what's kind of been accomplished so far uh, and, and kind of what their history has been in FBS, I don't know that they've proven that they're a consistent competitor. And, again, that's a little bit... Hip- hypocritical considering they beat us at the rock last year.
1: (laughs) Michael Vineyard is with us. He's a Hattiesburg native, a Southern Miss graduate, and he is the founder of the mythical... And I I want to underline mythical Southern 12 Conference. It was just originally an idea for discussion, and this thing is really blowing up and everybody getting their two cents worth. So, Michael, with all the feedback that you're getting and the tweets and people responding to uh, your proposed uh, league, has there been a general consensus, pro or con, on certain schools that you originally had in?
2: Uh, There was a lot of skepticism about Georgia State uh, originally. Um, and and that's, that's fair considering uh, that they're pretty new to FBS football uh, in general and they're, they're kind of trying to get a tradition going. That was mainly to sort of put it because they really kind of rounded out the footprint uh, and, and added in Atlanta. And it seems like they have a lot of potential. Uh, but at the same time, realignment in the past has sort of been based on that potential uh, adjective and it doesn't always quite work out it, these teams aren't always accomplishing that, and sometimes it can bring down the quality of competition so uh i I think that there was a little bit of skepticism about the stretch in the Texas, thinking that Texas and sort of and the and area could kind of have their own g five conference going on uh but i I do like. Uh, rice and north texas uh, i think they both bring good things to the table um but there was I, I think mostly those three georgia state north texas and rice people were off and on about those three
1: and actually we we, we haven't even mentioned your original southern 12 we've referred to mm-hmm. them but we haven't listed them by name are you prepared yeah. to tell us who your original 12 are michael vinnie
2: i am i just pulled up the graphic uh, so it's uh um, Southern Miss, uh, South Alabama, Troy, uh, UAB, Georgia State, North Texas, Rice, Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee State, Arkansas State, Louisiana Tech, and Louisiana Lafayette.
1: Now, Arkansas State's kind of a lone wolf out of the South one, but Luke, you we're going to break mm-hmm. here, but your thoughts originally.
0: Yeah, Michael, can you hang on with us as we go to break? Absolutely. got a couple more questions for you. Okay. We'll be back more with Michael Vineyard. All this is hypothetical, but it's sure fun to talk about. More on the Eagle Hour right after this. To the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, just across from uh, the campus of the University of southern mississippi got a friend with a birthday coming up football season's about to kick in stop by and see our friends at campus bookmark Uh, one of the the greatest uh inventories and you can find any kind of hat you want tons of t-shirts and if you're a student you can buy some books there too it's located on hardy street or online at CampusBookmark.net. luke kelly and dalton from the first bank studios in hattiesburg and Laurel, we continue on the uh, phone with Michael Vineyard talking, uh, just some hypotheticals if Southern Mess uh, were to, uh, Go to another conference, or if another conference was formed, and, and what the the concept behind the Southern Twelve is, it's taking some of the best teams from the from the Sun Belt and some of the best teams from Conference USA. Michael, uh, a couple questions for me here. Um, mm-hmm. You still look at it, Hattiesburg. When you, when you look at some of these teams in in your Twelve, Hattiesburg is still one of the smallest media uh, markets, uh, right? Were you thinking at all media market wise when you put this group of twelve together?
2: A little bit. Uh, I think when you look at somebody like Georgia State that was thrown in there, you you start to that 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 was a big reason why you know saying that there's a big market there, there's potential, and I know that there's still the need, despite the fact that I think the streaming uh, services era is changing the TV market thing a little bit. There's still a need for that that the ability to capitalize on that as a conference, uh, so that you can generate some TV revenue. But yeah, Georgia Georgia State I thought did that well. UAB uh, in Birmingham, Birmingham's a pretty good market. It's not giant, but it's a pretty good market. And then of course uh, North Texas, I thought it would be good to tie into that Dallas area. Uh, Middle Tennessee is kind of close to Nashville. Murfreesboro isn 't quite Nashville, but it 's close and so I was thinking a little bit about that uh South Alabama and mobile you know they're they're a really young program uh, and a lot of people were tentative about that because of how close they are to southern miss they thought recruiting uh you know it could we could lose our edge, but I would argue that we're already competing pretty much head to head with South Alabama at this point. So I don't know that the impact would be that great. And I still think that we'd have a little bit of edge because of our history. So,
1: well, the Houston market, too, yeah, with, I mean, uh, with rice. It, it, you got Houston, it, the Houston right. market encompassing rice, yeah.
0: Yeah, the, the thing about recruiting is, whether you want to admit it or not, Southern Miss is in direct uh, recruiting wars with Troy, uh, with South Alabama, and so the idea, if you put everybody in a conference, you start winning those games perennially. You're not only winning games in the win-loss, you're, you know, you're winning games in the recruiting trail also. Uh, a team that's not in the uh, – I'm, I'm looking back at your tweets. There's a map from July the 14th uh, yeah. that doesn't include Appalachian State, but the graphic at the top of the Twitter page doesn't include appalachian Uh state appalachian state one of those teams that i think would be a shoe in you would have to get them in just because of how good their program's been
2: well i you know over time as people kind of give feedback i want to show them some different ideas And so i posted that map a few few days ago like you said the 14th and so the footprint was kind of within a certain area and uh and somebody mentioned that there's there's a couple of schools that have some really you know really good competitive tradition that are a little further to the east and I thought you know it would be worth it to stretch that uh footprint out a little right. bit. I I've, I've already got something I'm working on to put out where we add some different teams on there and that's the whole point of this is just to theorize about You know what different schools could be a part of this, and I agree with you about Appalachian State. They are, you know, ever as immediately when they moved to FBS, uh, they were already uh, very competitive. I remember them coming to Hattiesburg, and we beat them, blocking an extra point, I think, and but you know, took us down to the wire. I mean, they were immediately competitive, and now they're pretty much yearly
1: at the top of the Sun Belt.
0: Michael Kelly and I were, were talking. Uh, Kelly and I were talking about one team during during the break. I would encourage you to look at Liberty. Now they would probably be at the absolute stretch of your uh, of your footprint. But when you talk about Hugh Freeze is there, you talk about a school with, with crazy resources, you talk about a school with crazy facilities. Uh, Appala- or, uh, Liberty is a team that uh, I-, I would want in, in a conference uh, just from they're on the rise. Only been uh, really one year in, in FBS, but they could explode. They've got the
2: foundation built to be successful for sure. They've made the moves and, and set up their financial uh, – the financial situation's been set up. But they've got it set up to where you know they have the money in place and the people in place to be successful, and they've just got to build that culture now. Uh, that's not always easy to do. There's a lot of schools who have all of the foundation built up, and they just it, they can't execute it on the field. I don't think that'll be the case with Hugh Freeze uh, and, and Liberty. I know they beat? I think they went and beat Baylor last year uh, at Baylor. You know they're they're already starting to be really competitive at the FBS level. So I int- anticipate they'll get more.
1: So I'm intrigued, Michael Vineyard, that the one lone standout from the Southland who standed up to be counted, the Arkansas State Red Wolves. Now yeah. out of the Southland. Now we talked about obviously the Sun Belt and Conference USA, but the Southland standing up and being counted in your mythical. Uh, southern 12 why the red wolves
2: arkansas state uh it you know i I think i read a little while back that they've really done a good job in fundraising uh in their athletic department they've been able to do some you know some facility improvements and it seems like that over the course of time that they've managed to be one of those schools that's just competitive on a normal basis i know i think we've met them maybe a time or two uh in, in a in a bowl game uh and it's and it's always competitive and they they always seem to be kind of in it in in whatever league that they've been in so i thought that i thought that they kind of tied into it pretty well and rounded out uh the footprint a little bit more on the, you know on that northern edge
1: and and actually isn't Blake Anderson uh, our former Southern Miss offensive coordinator is he still the head coach there
2: he, he is still the head coach and uh yeah, I think he's been the head coach ever since he left uh, Southern Miss. So ever since uh, Fedora left.
1: So if the Southern Twelve were to ever become reality, Michael Vineyard, would you be the would you be the shoe in commissioner of of said league?
2: <laughs> uh, most likely not. <laughs> uh, I don't have plans for a change in <laughs> in career paths at this point. And uh, spent seven years in school uh, going toward architecture. I'll probably continue in that direction. But you know, I. I'd, I'd like to to be involved in conversations to a certain point, and then I think there's people who know a little bit more about what they're doing and about that that world than I do for what, sure.
1: What was the impetus for you to actually try to get this thing to, to get legs, this uh, Southern 12? Again, you can follow the Southern 12 on, on Twitter and join in on the conversation.
2: Well, I remember when I was in, in, I, when I started, uh, college at USM, it was sort of an unfortunate timing, uh, because I, I started in 2012, uh, and so I was really excited coming off that 2011 season, uh, 12 and two, we were, you know, we had beaten number six Houston and then 2012 we have the drop off, uh, we all know that story, uh, and then it, we, we it, it was kind of, sad it was kind of hard for me personally uh for all the rivalries that we had built in the conference usa before to sort of disappear as those schools left uh and and just remembering toward the end of college how it was difficult to not have those established rivalries that generated excitement in the fan base uh i i thought that i think and i kind of had the feeling that maybe we can reestablish some of these rivalries more easily if we have more regional opponents to to build those ties with and to sort of compete with uh i personally i was thinking you know the plain troy was great you know that was and playing lafayette in the dome for the new orleans bowl was really exciting those matchups generated excitement because of the the regional uh the geographic uh, ties how close they are so it just made me think maybe maybe this has legs maybe this is something worth thinking about.
1: Well and you talk, when you talk about how close they are geographically the subtext there is it's not going to cost a lot of money to ship your athletes both male and female to these places and vice versa so for schools like you mentioned Louisiana Monroe and like Southern Miss where, where they've got to stretch the dollar a good long way it seems perfect it seems like right. it would be a perfect answer.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're looking at bus trips everywhere. So, uh, I mean, cutting out the the airfare, you know, the the airline trips, I mean, that's, that's a huge deal, especially when it comes to non-revenue-generating sports.
1: And your, uh, and your fan bases could also make those short trips on weekends. Exactly.
2: You, you know, you're talking about maybe staying one night in a lot of these places or it just being a day trip. I remember, you know, making a day trip to Louisiana Tech in 2015, really exciting game. We took a lot of fans that was one of the only games uh, that the fans could really travel to. Uh, Most of them could uh, realistically. And so to have a lot of matchups that fans can realistically travel to, uh,
1: I think would make a really big difference. Luke Johnson, I love the idea of the Southern Twelve.
0: I do, too. Uh, I'm going to chew on it. I'm going to get on there, uh, Michael, and, and give you my 12, too. But, man, it's, it's certainly fun to talk about. Uh, either way, something, something's something got to be done. we got to shake stuff up. Michael, thanks for joining us today and taking time out to, uh, to uh, hypothesize with us. We mm-hmm. appreciate your time on the Eagle Hour today.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: It's Thursday, so the professor, Patrick McGee, is up next. Stick around, and we'll talk more Southern Miss on the Eagle Hour.
1: Southern Miss to the top.
0: Back on a Thursday, I appreciate Michael Vineyard joining us. If you want to contribute to that discussion about the Southern 12 Conference, it's on Twitter, at the Southern 12 12 being a one and two numbers, at thesouthern12. 12. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Until football season, stop by on Tuesdays and get their 65-cent wing specials. I'm going to have to take a cheat day, Kelly, in, in order to take advantage of that. But uh, it, it, it's a great place to go, and, and be sure to check them out on Facebook. they got weekly and daily specials that you can find out there. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Well, it is uh, Thursday, and so we go down to the uh, to the coast to talk to the Galaxy Sun Herald's own professor Patrick McGee, who uh, I, I believe, uh, based off his uh, Twitter uh, timeline, got a little vacation in. Patrick, how is that? H- how do you have a vacation as busy of a, of a man as you are?
3: Finally, just took a week off, and uh, me and my girlfriend went out to Austin, Texas. And if anybody has an opportunity to go out there, I would. The Hill Country, Austin, Texas, is very nice, so uh, it was a nice trip. And. Uh But right now I need a vacation for my vacation. I'm just ready to get back to work. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I hear you. So uh, just uh, w- one quick question. You know, different people out there uh, thinking about what could possibly be. Maybe you, uh, this Southern 12 that we talked to Michael Vineyard about, taking kind of uh, the best teams in CUSA and uh, the Sun Belt, mm-hmm. putting them together. Your, your thoughts, you know, if it could be a Patrick McGee draw it up on a napkin, kind of the way that uh, those guys created NASCAR back in the 70s, what, what would it look like to you at the best possible uh, scenario for Southern Miss?
3: Well, I've kind of written about this before, I guess a couple of years ago, about what could possibly happen. I think it's less likely now uh, now that Conference USA is in a better financial position in terms of TV money and stuff. But that guy followed me on the Southern 12 guy, followed me on Twitter, and I just happened to look at his page and saw what uh, they left Texas San Antonio out of his little conference. So I was kind of surprised by that. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, it's – I think this becomes less likely with time as the conferences become more stable. I think the Americans going to kind of sit still, uh, uh, so that means that the Conference USA and and, uh, and and the Sun Belt will kind of just remain as they are. But I think you know I was talking to Carl Benson the other day. He said you know as a former Sun Belt commissioner, and he doesn't understand why a Southern Miss and the South Alabama or a Louisiana Lafayette and the Louisiana Tech. Uh, or that they, they shouldn't be in, in different conferences, and I tend to agree. I think there should be a realignment between the two conferences, but uh, with the position that the Sun Belt's in, in, in terms of lack of TV money, uh, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Conference USA is kind of stabilized. I think uh, Judy McLeod has made some pretty good moves here lately, so I think Conference USA being in a stronger position, uh, just makes that you know, that realignment or or some kind of dissolving of the conference is less likely. But, uh, I, I, you know, as somebody that likes to see rivalries, I would definitely like to see Southern Miss and South Alabama at the same conference.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, Conference USA kickoff uh, yesterday, Kelly. Uh, Jay Hobson, being Jay Hobson, not giving us uh, that much to talk about, Patrick. You know about that, too. Uh, I love Coach Hop. I played for him. Um, Kelly, really the only thing I got out of uh, some quotes yesterday is, uh, surprise, surprise, there's going to be a quarterback competition in the fall for uh, for Southern Miss. What do you think about that, Kelly? Well, you know, we've talked about how, like, the
1: spring football game, even if you have a lot, you're not going to show it and i, and I have, have always thought that media days are kind of like that too uh, that coaches are always going to take the conservative approach uh and it's really more for the fans to just get excited that that look the season is about a month away yeah and, and Jay Hobson certainly isn't carrot top, is he as far as <laughs> <laughs> as far as uh being a presenter I mean he's a pretty straightforward guy, but uh yeah no, nothing surprising um You almost wish there would be some some bombshells, but if you look, Luke, at what everybody else is expecting, and I'm sure Patrick will weigh in on this, a lot of individual performers for Southern Miss are getting getting some uh, some good testimonies here, even prior to the season starting. Yes.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely.
0: Go ahead, Patrick. Go ahead.
3: No, I'm just saying this is a talent enough group to compete for a conference championship, and it kind of shows up, especially on the defensive side in the preseason team with Jaquez and Rakeem Booth and Hemby uh, uh, and guys like that. Uh, there's really, you know, I, I think Demario Smith also made the group. Uh, that was a name that maybe surprised some folks. He's a guy that's got a lot of upside. Uh, somebody they need to be really good on the interior. So uh, defensively Southern Miss should be far and away the best in the conference and, and that always puts you in, the, I thought UAB was the best defensive team last year. Maybe statistically they weren't good as Southern Miss, uh, but UAB was really experienced and really Really, a strong group there on the defensive side. So, if Southern Miss can kind of eclipse a UAB or overcome some, you know, offensive-oriented teams like North Texas and FAU, Southern Miss is going to be in a great position in the conference.
0: You, you talk about, um, you know, defense. Is this going to be one of those years? I mean, how, how much does the offense have to improve, Patrick? It, with a defense that is improved, uh, your offense doesn't have to win games for you. But, but how much do they have to step it up from last year?
3: Well, they, they, to me, they have to step it up significantly. I mean, they were really good defensively last year, and they just weren't close to good enough on offense running the football. If you're going to be a good defense, if you're going to be a good defensive team and expect to win games, you have to have a quality ground game to go with that, and that just was lacking last year. Uh, you weren't able, right. you want to be able to hold on to the ball and stuff like that. And I'm sure Jay and and Buster Faulkner, that's a, that's what this fall camp's going to be about is make sure they have that offensive line in place and the ground game. Uh, working well, I think they will be improved this year. How much they will be improved just remains to be seen. Now, baseball wise, Eagles, uh, Eagles
0: picked. Uh, one, one more question with yeah. football. Eagles picked uh, to finish second in in the West. Uh, North mm-hmm. Texas, I think, it, you know, should be at the top at least preseason. Surprise you at all that Marshall is uh, is the 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 preseason number one for the East?
3: Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of weird picks on the East side uh you know, I think FAU's got a lot of transfers come in. I don't expect uh, FAU, to, even though they lose their really good running back and some other people, I don't think FAU will have a repeat performance of what they had last year. I think they'll be right there. FIU's going to be really good again, I think. So I, I think you could be one of maybe four different teams on that east side. Uh, maybe somebody will step up and surprise like Western Kentucky. I don't know. But, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not a big buyer of Marshall at the moment.
1: I think it's always fun, though, when it is kind of wide open like that, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, for fan bases at least to think, you know, that, hey, we have a chance, you know, before the season ever gets started. But it's hard to believe that uh, that kickoff is about, what, 35 days away, something like that, or or 30 college football gets underway about 35 days, and um, it, it is amazing. Baseball-wise, Southern Miss now, Patrick, um, Travis Creel apparently officially right. in in the fold, a young fire breather who has uh, ties to South Mississippi, coming from Louisiana Tech, great recruiter, a young, energetic presence on that Southern Miss baseball staff. Your, your reaction after that hire?
3: Yeah, I just got in today and went to try to work it on. So that happened today. I started my vacation, so I'm just kind of playing catch-up. I want to be able to talk to Scott and Travis about that, and it's obvious that Southern Miss is kind of continuing that tradition of hiring guys that are familiar with the program and what it takes to bring in talent uh, at Southern Miss. Uh, you, even, you saw that under Corky Palmer and uh, now that's really continuing. You know, there's Scott Berry. They want people that can come in and, and do the job immediately and, and Travis Krill has you know more than enough experience to, to you know, at, in Conference USA, he did a good job recruiting, especially on the junior college side. Uh, I would expect him you know, maybe that was kind of a Lane Burroughs thing. Whenever he first got there, they really had to replace a lot of players and went the junior college route, so they were kind of stuck with it. Uh, so I would, you know, expect Travis to kind of change his ways a little bit on the recruiting side at Southern Miss. Maybe lean a little bit more heavily on the on high schools and stuff like that. But uh, Creel is always a well liked guy, a really nice guy. You know, I'm, I'm happy to see him get a spot on the staff. He's always been a, a good guy to deal with. So uh, you know, all in all, it's really a, a good quality staff with Ostrander and head coach Scott Berry and. I'm sure you know Creel will have some things to learn from both of those guys. You know, Peck, Creel and Oscar have worked before at Tech, so uh, there's going to be a lot of familiarity between the three guys.
1: I think what's one of what's intriguing too when you look at Lane Burroughs' situation over at Tech is who he hired to succeed mm-hmm. Travis Creel, an old, right. steady, hired hand in Mitch Gaspard who's been around yep. forever. So you go from, from the young whippersnapper, so to speak, with a lot of energy to the old wise owl that he brings mm-hmm. in now from, from Georgia. So it just really interesting that he went from one end of the spectrum to the other as far as uh, hiring to replace Travis Creel.
3: Yeah, that wasn't uh, a I think he was a volunteer assistant at Georgia, and that just shows you how hard it is to really stay on as a, as a – full-time assistant, in college baseball, because there are so few opportunities, only three uh, paid positions. So uh, yeah, something's got to, only, t- only two paid assistants, I should say. So it's uh, good for Gasford, and I think this is an opportunity that had, <laughs> you know, had, had dreamed about whenever you decided to get into the coaching profession.
0: Well, Patrick, uh, man, it's just uh, it's it's about to to get cranked up here. Um, mm-hmm. I know you're you're getting ready to cover high school, and you're getting ready to, to cover Southern Miss, the absolute biggest story right now going into football season at Southern Miss. About thirty seconds left, would be what?
3: Oh, I mean, can can Southern Miss fulfill their potential because it's there? I mean, can Buster Faulkner. Uh, get that offense going the way it needs to. I mean, it all comes down to the play, of the offense, playing the ground game. I know I, I feel like I'm a re, I'm on repeat on that, but that's what what it really comes down to. They've got the quarterback played. Uh, if everything comes together, Southern gonna have a special season.
0: Uh, last thing is it are, are we at a Quez Watkins? Yes or no? Or are we still fifty fifty right now?
3: I think it's better than 50-50. Uh, as long as he's on course to make grades, uh, he'll be there. And I, I think you know, just just everything you hear now at Southern Miss camp and how he's showing up on preseason teams, that means Southern Miss nominated him. So I think they expect him to be in the
0: Okay, that's great. Well, Patrick, enjoy your vacation after your vacation. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> All right. Later, guys. All right. That's Patrick McGee of the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Kelly and I will wrap up the Eagle Hour right after this on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss
0: to the top. Always appreciate Patrick McGee joining us from the Biloxi Sun-Herald fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Gulfport Home Center, located on Highway 49, uh, the place to go for all used and new manufactured housing. Uh, great inventory down there, friendly people, go check them out. Gulfport Home Center, more room for you, more room for your family. Eagle Hour on the road tomorrow will be down at Ramsey's uh, Motors, uh, the, the, the place to go to exercise uh, your man cart. I mean, I'm excited about seeing G3 boats tomorrow, excited about about seeing some Mahindra tractors, uh, tons of Honda, uh, what do they call them? They're, they're ATVs, they, uh, SUVs, is that what they call them, Kelly? SUVs? You're asking me? Uh, not SUVs. <laughs> uh, XUVs, yes, those things. Uh, but it's just a great place. The, the crew will be there tomorrow. i will be hanging out with Dakota Baker and all the guys at, at Ramey's. Uh, Bob's out today because he's getting ready for the Lamar County Political Forum. It's tonight. Doors open at six PM at the Lake Serene Clubhouse in Hattiesburg. Uh the program starts at six thirty. That's when the speeches are gonna be. It's just gonna be kind of an old fashioned event. Uh you can uh, meet the the candidates that are asking for your vote. Uh they'll it'll just be a, a great opportunity for you to, to uh to, to seek out and, and to be able to interact and to be able to hear from uh People that are seeking not only uh, county uh, offices but also statewide offices. So that goes down tonight. Uh, doors open at six. Uh, speeches start at six thirty at the Lake Serene Clubhouse. You can also listen to it on ninety-seven point three Super Talk Hattiesburg WFMM or uh, WLAU ninety-nine point three in Laurel. It will also be on the Super Talk Hattiesburg Facebook page. So the uh, Lamar County Political Forum tonight in. Hattiesburg. Well, we were joking around, uh, Kelly, about uh, Coach Hopps, uh, one of the some of the quotes yesterday. But just to go back, uh, Coach Hopps yesterday asked about Jack Abraham, talked about how he, he's a lot like Nick Mullins. Uh, but then uh, you, you, Tate Watley's name gets brought up. So here's the quote from yesterday. Tate started three or four games for us last year, and down the stretch we might have been at our best when both played. So we will let them compete. That'll make both players better. Your thoughts? To me, it leaves the door wide
1: open to use a two-quarterback system. I mean, when, particularly when, it, you know, and we may be reading way too much into this, right? But, but when you say we were at our best when both were playing, you know, you could put three or four dots on the end of that and then continue that sentence by saying, which means we'll, you know we're probably going to use two again this year. You know, and I know that, that fans aren't necessarily big fans of two quarterback systems, but a coach's job is to put his team in the best, the best position it, it can to win. And so, and again, might be, might be reading too much into it, but that's the way I interpret just the cold wording.
0: We're going to dissect the mess out of it, analyze it. Jack's just a uh, a great, a- accurate, you know, pocket passer. And Tate's just, at the other hand, Tate's just got, you know, some improvision in him. You, you feel like when Tate's out there, you, you it's a little backyard football, you know? So, you know, there's been another backyard football quarterback in the history of Southern Miss. His name was Brett Favre. I ran across a, a real interesting quote from him. Now, the context for this is, Kelly, Brett Favre had been a starter uh, for a year and a half in the NFL, and... He didn't know what a nickel defense was. Here it is. But I was afraid to ask. I'm the starter, you know. And Ty Devin was over there, you know. And so after about our second year, I said, uh, finally, I said, I just got to no. know. So I said, Ty, um, i got to ask you a question. And Ty was about as goofy as I was. He says, uh, What's that? And I said, What's nickel defense? He gets real quiet. He says, Are you serious? I said, Yeah, I'm serious. He said, Well, they basically take out a linebacker and bring in a DB. I said, That's it? Only Brett Favre. Only Brett Favre. And what was really funny was how many games had he won against nickel defenses, Kelly. Up until that point, and had no idea what it was. That just shows you how instinctive.
1: How how in, he was so instinctive when he played the game. But one of the things that, that when you when you play that comment that strikes me is that anybody that knows Brett personally, which I, you and I both have that that pleasure, he is so genuine. He's not embarrassed. You know, a lot of guys, their egos wouldn't let them probably admit that. But the fact that he did on national television, you know, shows that he, he really is a regular guy if you'll let him be, you know. Um, and I, I just I just think that's really cool that, that very few people have been spoiled with the success that, that he has had. But I think a lot of that, and he'll say, goes back to his Mississippi roots. That some of the very best people oh. at what they do, Morgan Freeman, you know, among them, too, just so down to earth and so unassuming. And I think, I think our state has a lot to do with that.
0: It, it's an understatement that he and uh, Jerry Glanville never hit it off. Okay, but I was watching in tribute to Favre the other day. It was, uh, it was some preseason game. His first, you know, his only his first year and his only year in Atlanta. And uh, Glanville turns around and says, "Hey, Mississippi, you gonna play tonight?" And without thinking, Favre looks back and goes, "If you let me."
1: <laughs> yeah, the fact that Glanville didn't even really know his name, you know,
0: kind of that, that spoke volumes.
1: He'll take credit for him now, That's though, won't stuff. he? He'll take credit for him. He, now.
0: He sure will. Yeah. There's a whole lot of people that take credit. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, come see us tomorrow at Ramy Motors uh, down in Purvis. Uh, we'll be there live uh, for the show tomorrow. Bob will be with us. And uh, just come check it out and pick you up a, an ATV on the way home. Uh, as always, thanks for listening to us, and uh, we'll catch you tomorrow. At Southern Miss. To the top. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea.